You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. We've been talking about living victorious and... uh... So we, the first week we talked about uh, overcoming victimhood because you can't be a victor and a victim at the same time. And so if you missed that, you need to go back and listen to that. It was really, really good. That really helped some people uh, just get the idea of, like, I need to stop being a victim about some things. And we live in a, in a, uh, a society that's flooded with victims, but uh, the kingdom of God doesn't have any place for victims because we are victorious in Christ Jesus. We just need to know what we got, amen? So then last week we started talking about... Say, we are above and not beneath. That's right. So yeah. being a victim is being under circumstances, but as victorious people, we are above circumstances. That's right. So hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. So then the next week, uh, two weeks ago, we started talking about the love of God and that just being the foundation for, you know, just for right believing and perceiving the Lord correctly and just knowing his love. And then last week, we started talking about relationship with God. I'm not going to go back through all that. You need to go back and listen to that because it's really powerful stuff. And so we started last week and we didn't finish talking about, which is a strange, maybe a strange thing to tie discipline to relationship, but we started talking about spiritual disciplines that will help you in your relationship with the Lord. And we both are testimony of when we really set some things in, in motion and set some things in stone in terms of our relationship with the Lord and really begin to pursue Him, that's when growth came and that's when victory came. And so we live, you know, we don't live perfect, but we do live victorious. And uh, if someone were to ask me, you know, how I'm doing under any set of circumstances, I could say, first of all, I'm not under the circumstances, they're under me. But second of all, I'm doing awesome because of the one that I have a relationship with. But many times the enemy will come in and, you know, we can have this idea that like we really want to have a relationship with the Lord and we do. But then after months or, or years of not really seeing that relationship develop, sometimes it comes back to some very basic, simple things of making some disciplines in your life that will help to connect you to the Lord on a better level and propel you forward in your walk with Him. That's right, yeah. and it's never too late to develop in disciplines, and actually developing in discipline should be part of your life forever because you never truly arrive. We just venture. We go on a journey, and we just keep going forward. Yeah, amen. So, And then one thing that I said last week that is so important that you grab a hold of and know is that God will use any time that you give him. So right. even if it feels like, Lord, I can only give you five minutes right now. That That is what I have to offer you. He says, I will take it, and not only will I take it, I will multiply it for you. And so, because God's in the business of multiplication. So anything that we are willing to give him, he will multiply back to us. That's exactly right. You know, five minutes with um, a, a human may not equal a whole lot, but five minutes with God or 15 minutes with God can literally change your life. And so it's just making a determination that nothing else is going to get in your way, that you are going to press into the Lord. And it's about intentionality. Right. And the Lord was very intentional 
And he, he's intentional in everything that he, that he does. And from the creation of the world, he had a plan to have relationship with us. And the plan, that whole plan looked like this. He saw the creation of the world. He saw how he was going to make man. He saw how man was going to fall, how man was going to fail. And then he also made a plan of redemption for man so that in the midst of fallen man, we can still have relationship with God. And that's a pretty incredible amount of intentionality on God's part. And so what is required from us, and this isn't, this isn't legalism, this isn't about us coming to a level and God going, okay, now I'm going to bless you. This is the Lord has already extended everything he, he possibly can. The Bible says that greater love is no man than he lays down his life for his friends, and he calls us his friends. He called Abraham his friend, right? And so God considers us uh, valuable, and he has done all of the work necessary to display and to give us everything, but there is a step we have to take, and it's a step towards him and intentionality to say, Lord, I'm going to meet you right there and begin my journey with you. And I, I would say the number one reason, and I was thinking about this this morning, and I really felt like uh, this is a good thing to share. The number one reason probably why most people don't develop disciplines in their relationship is condemnation. They think about how much word they haven't read. They think about how much time and prayer they should have spent and didn't. They think about how all of the things you could fit in there. And the deal is, is that's, just, that's just the devil. That's just the devil messing with you. God's not concerned about that. All he's concerned about is the here and now, and will you present your life to him? And so, again, the idea of dis, uh, 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 disciplines could seem foreign in a relationship, but I can promise you, Every relationship you have that's successful, it's because you're intentional with that relationship. If you, are, if you have a relationship and you're not intentional with it, it's probably not a very deep relationship. But any meaningful relationship takes time, it takes effort, it takes work, it takes all of that to put into it. And so the Lord, for us and our relationship with the Lord, we need that. And the, really the foundation, I think, for everything that comes from the Lord um, and that we have back and forth with Him is based on relationship with Him. The reason that we were created, we'll oftentimes say, um, you know, that we were made to worship God. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I don't think that that's like evil, but I don't really think that's the reason we were made, uh, made. I think the reason we were made is simply to have fellowship and relationship with God. Think about in the, in the garden and with Adam and Eve, and you know, before they had any food to, to believe for, before they had any clothes to believe for, before they had to, to deal with their kids, before they had to go and work or do anything. Well, they worked, but there was just no toil in it. You know, but before they had to do anything that we're having to do, God came and met with them in the cool of the day every day. What did he meet with them about? That's a great question because a lot of times we find our meeting with the Lord is, God, I need this. I'm dealing with this. Help me through this. Jesus, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. And it's like and when you look at your relationship with the Lord, it really is mostly focused on you getting your needs met. And let me just say that if you have needs, there is no better person to go to than the Lord. He is well able to meet all of our needs. He, is, he daily loads us with benefits, right? He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. However, if that is, if that is the, the sum total of, of our relationship with the Lord, it's a really shallow relationship. We should have relationship with him that is just enjoyable, just us being with him. This might sound foreign to you, um, but if it does, you just need to move, move out the, the wrong thought and put the right one in. God enjoys being with you. 
And you might think, oh, I don't know that he really... Listen, you might not enjoy being with you. I'm not going to do this, but we could have a show of hands. That who in here at some point has really not enjoyed being with you? And probably every one of us would be like, yeah, I've had some times when I really haven't enjoyed myself too much. Because, you know, we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. We have raw and wrong emotions, things like that. And so we think oftentimes that God values us like we value us. And the truth is, is that God values us so far beyond anything that we could ever imagine or even think. And if we can, if we can just throw off those negative thoughts about us and take on God's thoughts towards us, we can enjoy a relationship with him better than we ever have. Amen. That, that is powerful. Oh. That's so good. Amen. I'll preach and you amen. I'll Hallelujah. amen, yes. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus. So we, amen. We, okay, well, you can't do it all the time. Okay, so, um, so we, we started. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Man, you've got to have fun. You, in life, you're either going to laugh or cry. I'm, I've, I, well, I've never been a crier. If you don't, okay, let me put it this way. You're either going to laugh or cry, but if you're not a crier, you're probably going to complain. That be the former me. So anyways, I've just decided I'm going to laugh more. Hallelujah. So we started, we have um, nine disciplines, and we're going to give you the last six. Boom, 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 real quick. So if you got notes, uh, get ready to write. If you're taking notes, get ready to write. So we talked about the first three. I'll just say it really quick. These are really important. I'm not going to preach on them in Jesus' name because we already did. Um, discipline number one is just solitude. Uh, valuing solitude, valuing that time alone with the Lord in quietness to be able to hear him. What goes along with that very well is also prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 uh, talks about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In other words, pray all the different kinds of prayers that you're supposed to pray and all the different ways you're supposed to pray them all of the time. Amen. Amen. And so we're supposed to have a life devoted to prayer. And then we also talked about worship and that also goes very closely with worship, I mean, with prayer. And worship is simply just adoration to the Lord. Right. Our life should be a life just completely given over to, a, to adoring him, to lifting him up and magnifying him in every single thing that we do. And it's not, and see, how do you pray and how do you worship all the time? Because Paul says to pray without ceasing. And I think worship is more than a service. It's a lifestyle. How do you do that? It's what's going on in here. We have a choice how we're going to think and believe throughout every second of every day. We can be enamored by life circumstances, or we can be captivated by who he is. And that choice is really up to us, and we're called to be at a place to where we worship and we adore the Lord in every situation in every circumstance. I mean, just think about that, being captivated. We, we have a choice, like you were saying, to be captivated by the circumstance, by the situations, by all the, the wrong, or we have the opportunity to be captivated by who he is. I don't know about you, but I rather be captivated by the Lord yeah. more than by my circumstances That's because, right. you know, sometimes it's just what it is, but God is who he is right. and knowing him and going into relationship with him changes it changes everything because it changes us yeah. sometimes it's it's not that 
the circumstance gets changed, but our perspective on the circumstance gets changed. Yeah. We renew our mind to the truth of who he is, of his ability, of what he says about us and what he says about our circumstances. And then it's from that place that we are beholding him that out of us flows what it is that he says and how he thinks. And then that is then when we are no longer underneath the circumstance, right. we are above the circumstance. And we're like, it doesn't matter what is going on. I am going to go towards the Lord That's and right. I am going to say what it is that he says. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. Right on. So, okay. So here's number four. So that those were the first three solitude, prayer, worship. Here's number four. This is spiritual discipline. Number four is this is so simple that you might think, why are you even mentioning this? But it's something that we have to develop. And I'm still learning and growing in this myself. Number four is reading. It's just, it's simply, and I'll say reading the word, although I do believe it's good to read other materials. There's a lot of material that's not great, but there's a lot of material that is great out there that God has inspired people to write and produce those things. But getting into a place to where you daily find yourself in the word. And here's the deal about reading is that I'll just be totally honest with you. When I was, when I was younger, I, I was, you know, I grew up in church and I remember thinking at different times about the pastors that I sat under thinking, man, their time with the Lord when they read, it's just like fireworks and, you know, just, you know, Holy Ghost filled the room and whatever. I remember thinking those thoughts. And then when we were like uh, 20, 22 in that range, that 18, 20 years ago, anyways, um, uh, my math is off. It was only eight years ago. But anyways, whatever. Uh, we were at this church, and I remember this really, really powerful anointed uh, minister. He, he said this. He said, you know, a lot of times my, my time, these were his exact words. He said, a lot of time my time with the Lord is dog boring. That's what he said. And I thought, this guy's super anointed. What's going on here? And he said, it's about making the, the effort and the, the time and the point to get yourself in the word and discipline yourself to do that. And it's not about having flashes of light. And that, that, really, that really helped me. Now, when you're with the Lord and you have those just amazing times where he just arrests your whole being and you're captivated by something, man, camp there. Don't keep reading. Stop at that point and say, God, what are you speaking? But a lot of times it's just being faithful to put the word in you. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit has something to bring back to your, to your remembrance. That's Amen. Right. And when you're having, um, and I didn't put this verse in our notes, but it's John uh, John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, I think is the right order of that verse. But the point is, is that when you're reading the Bible, when you're reading it, and by the way, I'm fine with like the Bible on here and stuff, that's totally fine. But if you only use this, you have no reference for where things are at. I really like old school stuff. But when you're reading the Word, you are reading Him. So the primary way that we have relationship with the Lord is through reading his word. I heard uh, Bill Johnson say this, this one time, and it really, I was like, that is really good. I'm going to use that. Uh, he said, you know, complaining about God not speaking to you with your Bible closed is equivalent to complaining that you're not getting any text messages with your phone off. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty good way to put it. And sometimes we're like, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. I need to hear you. And if we just be faithful to get into his word and just read. And if you say, well, I don't know where to start, ask somebody um, where you should start. 
and they can, that's more mature than you maybe, and then maybe they can point you in the right direction, but start somewhere. Probably don't start in Leviticus, but you know, you could start in, in John, the Gospel of John, Ephesians, Colossians, go eat popcorn, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That's how I remember that. So, but you have to find a place, uh, a time to get into the Word. The Amen. Word is my favorite. <laughs> I, 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 because I ha- I, what I did is I developed a discipline. I started getting up early and getting into the word, and it wasn't like you were saying always like this captivating thing, but I started a discipline. The Lord said, will you give me your your time here? And I said, yes, that I, I will. And then that is when it just, it started nourishing me. What you don't know, you need to be hungry for something until you start eating of it. Yeah. And the word of God nourishes your spirit. That's right. If you don't put any word in you, your spirit is starving. And so the word of God is so powerful. And so I have just, because I started a discipline, have fell in love with the word of God. I, I can't even explain it. I'm so hungry for it. I can't get enough of it. I always want to read it. And then one awesome thing that I love is that I started writing in my Bible. When God would speak certain things to me, I would write it down. If something happened and the verse was just like really alive unto me, I would write a date. I, and I just, now I can look back and I can, I can find like the words of when, and you know, revisit. It's like a memorial unto the Lord. It yeah. reminds us that at this moment, God was speaking to me about this particular passage of scripture. And then Paul said to Timothy, and we don't have this, you know, this is first Timothy four and, um, 13, Paul said to Timothy, till I come, give attention to reading. He was saying, Timothy, I need you to pay attention to the word. I need you to develop a discipline of getting in the word. I need you to be intentional about the word of God and reading it. And why is that? Is because when you put something inside of you, it is able to come out of That's you. Right. You behold, or what you behold is what you become. A lot of times we're saying, God, I want to look like you. I want to speak what it is that you speak. I want to see what it is that you're seeing. I want to hear. But we think that we can do it apart from the word of God, and we can't. That's right. The word of God changes everything. Yeah. It should be our true north. And let me just give you a little a bit more testimony. I'm going to skip one point and go to another is that at a particular point in my life, I was hungry for the word of God, but I was making excuses of I don't have time. For some reason, it wasn't getting inside my peanut brain that if I only had five minutes and was willing to give five minutes to the Lord, that he would utilize it and multiply it. And I was listening to, I'll never forget where I was at. I was outside um, gardening, pulling weeds or something, and uh, I had on a podcast, well, it wasn't a podcast at that time. It was just a teaching, I don't even know where it was, on a tape recorder or something. And Uh, It was Joseph Prince, and he started talking about how the Word of God, all of the Word of God is profitable. That's right. And that you can take one little section 
of the word and you can begin to meditate on the word. And so that is another uh, key discipline, meditating on the word of God. And you can think about it and you can eat it and you can ingest it and you can begin to ask the Lord, Lord, reveal your word to me. What does it mean when you are saying this. What does it mean when you're saying to Timothy, give attention to reading? What does that mean, Lord? What does that look like, Lord? How do I apply that to my life? Because what you're doing when you're meditating on the word is you're giving an invitation for the Lord to come and dwell with you, for the Lord yeah, to come right. and speak to you, for the Lord to for you to have a communication back and forth. And guess what? Meditation can be done anywhere. Meditation right. on the word. I began to take that and communicate with the Lord when I was doing dishes. And that time when I, ha I, I, when I didn't like doing laundry and there were piles and piles of it and it's never ending, I would just go downstairs and I would begin fellowshipping with the Lord. And in the evening time, when it was like the boys would be in bed and whatever, I would clean. And so I would just begin to fellowship with the Lord. And when I would drive to work, I would fellowship with the Lord. You can meditate on the word of God anytime because yes. here's the thing. We think about things, you know. We have like, um, it can be idle in our mind. And if we're not careful, idle thoughts can lead to something way not a good place not yeah. not good places because what happens is the enemy want he, that's where our war happens is in our mind that is where the enemy wants to win because if he can get you meditating on all the wrong and all the bad and all the ifs and all the how comes then you're thinking about the wrong things but here here's the thing we can put the word of God in and we can fellowship with him and we can begin Sorry. to think and use that space in our mind for him. That's and right. he can come and rock us in amazing ways and show up in amazing ways and, and speak to us in the, the small things, Amen. which yeah. is so awesome. So when you're saying, do not anymore let uh, an excuse be, I don't have time. Invite God into that part for you, for with you of like, show me how to begin to meditate on your word. Lead me in this. Hallelujah. Speak to me in this place. And then all of a sudden you will, when you have more time, you will give attention to reading of the word because you're like, I can't get enough. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So much That's right. so that your kids are like, uh, Mom, I, I need breakfast. Are you going to feed me? And I'm like, I've only been with the Lord for a little bit, and it's been hours. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll feed you now. And also so much so that it will be like fire shut up in your bones. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for overcoming the fear of speaking in public. Amen. Hey, Amen. That you, was a true thank fear. You did it. Yes. So, okay, so number four was reading. Number five, you mentioned uh, it was meditation on the word. It says in Joshua 1, 8, let me just read this one yeah. verse and then we'll move on to the next one. It says that this book of the law shall not, so that, that was talking about the word of God because that's what they had was the law at that point. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And I used to read that and go, what, well, what does that mean? It shall not depart? Am I not supposed to say it? And it was actually saying that it's in your mouth constantly because you're speaking it. And so in that sense, it doesn't depart because it's always there because you're always speaking it. But you shall meditate in day and night. Notice the correlation between speaking and meditating. 
that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The way that we have success, and not just success, but good success, and to be victorious God's way is by taking the word and meditating uh, in the word, and part of how we meditate the word is we speak the word. And there's been a lot of um, uh, backlash against ministers that major on confessing the word. And they go, well, you, people are like, well, you just confess the word and you think anything can come to pass if you do that. You're one of those name it, claim it, blah, it, grab it kind of people. And it's like, wait a second here. You can find all kinds of scripture verses that bring a correlation between when you speak something and when you see the benefits of that thing working in your life. If you don't speak it, you really don't believe it. If you really believe what God says, your mouth will come into alignment with it. And James talks about the power of our, of our tongue. Um, and actually, that's one of the other things that we're going to get into as well quickly we're going to mention. So meditating is, a, is, is really just developing your, your thought processes to it, but that's connected to um, the word, the words that you speak. So that was number five. Number six is speaking the word, which I kind of just mentioned. So let me say this briefly, Proverbs chapter 18. And do we have this verse that we can pull up there? Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. This is really good. We know this very well. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. And you know, what's interesting is that it didn't say whether it was good or bad. It just said, whatever comes from your lips, basically, that's the thing you're going to be filled with. And then it, then it tells you the, that you can pick, you know, death or life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so it's really important, and this is number six. We switched the order here. Uh, this is number six, I believe, is speaking the word, and it's really important that we come to a place to where we daily, it's a discipline that we speak the word. When you feel like speaking the word the least is when you need to speak it the most. That's right. The word was spoken so it could be written so it could be spoken. You should write that down or put it in your corner of your memory. It was spoken by God so it could be written so that it could be spoken. The word of God is a two-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12, the word two-edged is the Greek phrase diastomos, and it means two mouth. And two mouths is God's mouth and your mouth. And when you take what God has said... And then you read it, and we have the privilege of having the Bible where we can read it, and then you speak it, your mouth is coming into agreement with what God says, and that's when things begin to be activated in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. I, just, I love Romans um, 10 and 8. It says the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. And you jump down to verse 10, and it says, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Right. And then my little note in my Bible here says, oral confession declares, confirms, and seals the belief in your heart That's because right. you on. believe what it is that you speak. That's right. So if you don't, if you're, so we have to like be mindful of what's coming out of our mouth. Our yeah. words matter. Yes. It says that we will eat the fruit of our words. And if you don't like the fruit that you are eating, then change what it is that you are change speaking. Your words. That's right. Speak Amen. the word of God and then you can eat the fruit of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, we, we missed one. We're going to go back and hit it real quick. This is another discipline. So let me go back through the order. Solitude, prayer, worship, reading, meditation, 
And again, that's not, mm, right? Some people are like, well, what do you mean by meditation? It means you're always meditating on something. It's what you're meditating on. It's meditation on the Word, speaking the Word. And the next is memorization. And so this is something that... Um, this, let me just say this about memorization, and then we're going we're gonna to move and, and hit the last two really quickly. But memorization, uh, a lot of times the way that people go about memorizing Scripture, because I think it is important to memorize things. We, we were, well, I probably shouldn't say that. <clears throat> well, I will anyways. But uh, we, we'll were, we were driving, I know, but I just make, it's more about how I'm going to say it. But we were, we were driving, and Katie and I were talking about a particular movie series which I'm not going to mention because it could, whatever. Anyways, um, and oftentimes when I say, I'll give a movie quote, and I'm like, that's a bad movie. So I'm not saying this is bad, but whatever. Anyways, and we named off all of these characters, and it was, it was actually pretty nerdy, honestly. After we, I listened to us for about 10 minutes, I'm like, this is ridiculous. But it made me think, you know, what you apply your time to, that's the thing that will stick with you. And so, you know, I don't just sit and watch movies. Of course, I, I put myself in the Word, and we stay in the Word. But I had somebody ask me one time, they, they just said, well, how do, you, how do you memorize the word? How do you, how do you know the word? And uh, I said, well, let me, let me ask you this question. I said, well, how do you get to your house? And they were like, what? I said, yeah, tell me how do you get to your house? And we were here in this facility. And they said, well, you go out down, you know, whatever this road is back, St. Mary's or whatever, old St. Mary's, and you turn left and then you take your first right and you turn right. And they're like, do I need to keep doing this? I said, yeah, yeah, tell me. And so they took me all the way to their house. And I said, how did you know that? And he said, well, I've been there before. Bingo. The more you visit a place, the more memorization just becomes a natural thing. And so when you spend time in the Word, memorization is an automatic. And I'm fine with having like index cards and remembering Scripture. That's, I'm cool with that. That's awesome. But if you just spend time there, it'll just become a part of you. It's like you and the Word become one, and it just becomes really, really easy. Amen. Amen. And also, it gives the Holy Spirit something to work with, because in John chapter 14, it's 26, it says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Well, if you don't put the Word in you, then the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with. So that the way, the way that the Lord works in you and through you, and even prophecy and gifting and different, different things like that, as you put the word in, the Holy Spirit will take what's in you and he will work that in your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to give you the last two here really quickly, and then we're going to be done. Um, so uh, number, I'll call this number eight, right? Number eight, and we only have nine. Number eight, this is discipline number eight. And this is, again, to help us have relationship with the Lord, which is a foundation for vic- victory in our life. Um, is praise, thanksgiving, gratitude, kind of those together. They all go together. And this is, so this is using your heart. It is using meditation. It is using your words, but it's being intentional. And oftentimes the place that you need to start, I'll, let me rephrase that, where you always need to start your day is with praise and thanksgiving and a heart of gratitude towards the Lord. And when you're facing XYZ problem, the way that most of the time you should start with when facing that problem is by praise and thanksgiving and having gratitude in your heart towards the Lord. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Let's look at this really quickly. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, which is how? It was by grace through faith, right? So everything we do is by grace through faith. It says, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanks 
giving. And so the way that we abound in our faith, the way that we abound in trusting the Lord, which really is the basis of our relationship with the Lord, is with thanksgiving. You will not find a thankful person and a defeated person at the same... I mean, that a person, let me say it this way, you cannot find a person that is both thankful and defeated. When you find a, th- a thankful person, you find a revived, victorious, on fire, set apart, heart full of love for Jesus person. When you become thankful and grateful, and really thankfulness speaks to the action, gratefulness speaks to the heart condition behind it. And so when you take your heart and you just begin to say, Lord, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so grateful for what you have done. Lord, the circumstances are a little challenging at the moment, but I know what your word says. I know who you are. I know who I am. And God, I am thankful that this is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day of salvation. And God, I thank you that you're on my side. That's how you thank the Lord. You take the word, you take the weapons that you know, you speak it out of your mouth, and you do it with the heart of gratefulness and thanksgiving. And you watch how you, I mean, instantly... It'll change. Praise, you see, what does the word says? That praise uh, silences the avenger? Is that what it says? Is that how it says that? I need to go back to that. I need to find my way back to that scripture verse and memorize it better. Uh, but basically, it silences the accuser and the avenger, I think is what it says. In other words, Satan hates praise. When you praise God, it, it affects three people. It affects you. It affects God in the sense that it, it magnifies him and glorifies him. It makes him happy, but it also affects the devil. If you need the devil out of your situation, go to praise in God and he will leave instantly. He can't handle it because he wants, he wants what God's God. Because he said, I will ascend and be like the most high God. So he was looking to receive praise unto himself. Well, when he's in the middle, you know how you praise the devil? It's not devil worship. It's looking at what is going on and magnifying how great he is. Oh, the devil did this. Oh, the devil did that. Oh, he's really been after me. Stop all that. Don't say any of that kind of stuff anymore. You can, you can see the circumstance and the situation, but then turn and go, but you know what? The devil did this, but my God, and then you just go to praising God. That's how you praise God and thank him and worship him in the midst of situations. Amen. Hallelujah. So for time's sake, we're going to jump yep. right to the last one here, and this is discipline number nine, and you guys are doing this right now, which is assembling with the saints. This, this could sound like, well, do we really need to hear this? Yes. There's a reason why there's scripture verses in the word that tell us to assemble together, to come together, to have unity, to have fellowship, to break bread, all of those things. As a matter of fact, Acts 2.42, we're going to read two verses and, here. And let me just say that while we're pulling that up, is that you have something to offer the body of Christ, Come on. and of that, which then means that other people have something to offer you. you that's we right. need each other. We were made for relationships. That's right. We were made to edify, encourage, exhort one another. That's right. Actually, let's go to on on the light of that. Let's go to uh, ten uh, Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. Then we'll go to Acts two forty two. So Hebrews ten. And look at this. It says, let us consider one another, not ourselves. So you know what? Assembling with the saints, it's, it's not about you. It's about other people. And you have something that other people need. That's right. You have things that people need. They have, again, like Liz said, uh, they have things that you need. And so coming together, and I've said this many times before, but you know, the, the where we're living in in America, you know, we are in such a bubble as far as persecution that it's like, eh, I don't really think I'm going to go to church today. And I'm not trying to be critical, but I, at the same time, you know, whatever, take it for what you want. 
you know, we have this very lackadaisical attitude about coming together. And I'm not saying you can't miss a Sunday, okay? Don't, don't, miss, don't miss my point. But we have a very, like, cavalier attitude in our culture towards the coming together of the saints. You go in another country where their lives are being threatened for preaching the gospel, their entire life revolves around coming together weekly, daily, whatever it is that they're doing. Everything is revolved around that. Their lives are given to it. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I've never been one of those that like every time the church door is open, you have to be here. I've never been that. Please don't misunderstand me. Do not be condemned by this. But at the same time, the gathering together of the saints should be next to relationship with Jesus, next to our family, coming together with, with, in the house of God should be the most important thing that we do. I mean, you have to take care of your families. That's very important. You got to work jobs. I get all that stuff. But meeting together with the saints is extremely important. Go on to the next verse. And it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Who believes that we're seeing the day approaching of the return of the Lord? It's getting closer, and it can't be getting further away, right? I mean, that's just common sense. And it says, as uh, the much more as you see the day approaching. This is like whenever COVID came stuff, that all the COVID stuff came and hit, and they're like, we got to shut everything down. We shut everything down for six weeks because the Lord told me to. I was not going to do it, and the Lord said, "You need to." his words were, you need to honor the mayor. You need to do it. I knew it was the right decision. It had nothing to do with the fear of virus, nothing to do with that. And so, but it graded me so bad because I knew this verse, and I knew what this verse says, and we shouldn't be coming uh, apart as we see the day approaching, we should be coming together even all the more. And it doesn't say unless there's a, a pandemic, a, yes, a, yes, a pandemic that hit the, I'm thinking of other things I could say, but I don't have time to do it. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be valuable or beneficial to anyone because it's no time to be any kind of political or governmental thing that's going on in the world right now. Just stick to the word, Kent. Yes, Jesus, I'm going to do that. So no matter what, he didn't say, unless certain things happen, then you, then you shouldn't come together. No, you continue to come together. Amen. Amen. Acts 2.42, we're going to finish with this. Let's pull that up here. And it says, and they continued steadfastly. Everybody say steadfastly. Steadfastly. And the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. You can't hear the apostles. Let me tell you something. There's a difference between hearing live teaching and hearing it on uh, the replay or whatever. Who can agree? It's kind of the difference between being at Thanksgiving dinner versus eating leftover turkey sandwiches for the whole week every day. It's, it's there, but it's really not the same. Uh, they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. You can't fellowship with people if you're not with them in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Hallelujah. We're called to be together, a good discipline. Oh, and, and I'm preaching to the choir here. I know this. But if you put this in your heart and you make it a point the devil can't pick you off. Not as easy because we're called to be together. And, you know, if, if the church where there's division, that's where the enemy comes in and has his way because then he can pick people off. But when you get a, when you get a pack of people that are together, I mean, there's, there ain't, there's not anything. There's not anything that we can't accomplish. If we will just stick together. Praise God. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.